Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Why don't I start with singing already? You couldn't wait to do that. I was like, wait. (laughs) Welcome back to Conscious Sedation Podcast. Beyonce cannot wait. Where this is your hostess with the mostest, Latasha. Oh my God. Who do I have with me? She has had this dog. Next time, please let me go live. (laughs) I was like, Tell the people who y'all are. Hey. How can we how can we follow that? I don't know. How do we combine that? Just say your name, cause you know. They wow. See when you tip the great. <laughs> Queen Ryan. Now see. All right. <laughs> and we are back with shift nineteen. We're talking about vaccinations. Go ahead and investigate nineteen. 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 Yes, it 19. was my orthodontia. It's got these teeth together, so it makes it easier to speak and stuff. Wow. That's mm-hmm. a, that's free advice. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> So, yeah, we back, y'all. We're talking about vaccinations. It is indeed flu season, and so that kind of hit a nerve with us. So, we figured, let's just go ahead and get this out the way. Okay. So, let's get started with our hashtags. What y'all got? Last uh, shift. What were we talking about? Alternative forms of medicine. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Alternative therapy. Yeah. I have hashtag love lab. Oh, and that's what Let me yeah. check mine off. <laughs> yeah. 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 I had that lab. one, too. And that was when we were talking about the energy and the vibe that we have when we are recording in the lab and how even when we give each other crap, it's all love. All love. <laughs> Tip rubbing that, that, that was Tiff. That was Tiff. That was from Tiff, yes. Mm-hmm. Hashtag love lab. I had hashtag Reiki or mm-hmm. I don't know what yeah, that was it. But I thought it was very informative because I had never heard of it before. So mm-hmm. I thought it was really good for Tasha to explain the experience and like what went on. So I thought that was really good for the listeners and for myself. So definitely, I learned a lot too. Yeah. Cool. I had a hashtag transference because <laughs> you and I said it in unison when talking about um, having touch therapy or yeah. doing any kind of treatment that may work with energies or if you believe in spirits and spiritual transference and stuff like that. So we kind of said it at the same we did. time. We so did. yeah, hashtag transference. Yes, to be careful. Be, you best be Protect careful. Don't be sorry. Your spirit. Be careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so now we'll um, go right into our mindful moments. What are you guys mindful of this week? All right. Well, I am mindful of, I am doing myself a service by doing a social media, I guess you could say fast. Um, I'm going to try to stay off social media until my sister's wedding next week. Oh, nice. So I'm curious. I want to be like in a really good space for her wedding so I can be like, ah and all this stuff so congratulations to her too on her go love nuptials little big sis love is in the air um so yeah i'm i'm curious to see i'll let you guys know how i feel after not being on for a week so i hope i feel better and refreshed and less stressed and Mm -hmm. hopefully i'm more uh efficient with my time (laughs) that's That's the main thing that's the main thing i'm hoping for is better time management so i won't be sitting scrolling so we'll see what happens yeah that's a good one. So I am mindful of that GIF dance battle we had. Oh my goodness. It <laughs> was too funny. It was funny. It was a good time. When I tell you I didn't get anything done, <laughs> I was like, ooh, let me let me find that dance. 
You and a million other so people because it was just until the next day. I mean, I still have. I'm getting alerts now from oh from the gift, the gift dance battle. Yes, it so was everything. Hashtag twerk therapy. Yes, yeah, well. so it was fun. It was like alternative therapy though. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun because I shared it on my personal page, and so. I don't know how many comments. Probably 50, 100. Oh, my God. It was a lot. People were getting angry. Comments. People, <laughs> let the record show, okay? I am the we queen. We have a winner. <laughs> I am the queen dun, dun, dun. of the gift dance battle. Mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. And people weren't weren't all that happy about no, that. No. They were bitter. I had people coming from my, from my crown. They were bitter. They were coming definitely from, feeling some kind of Coming from my belt. <laughs> Ooh, okay? Rematch. Right. 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 Meanwhile, you say that you don't like gifts, but you do. I'm saying, I think this this dance battle kind of maybe helped me to turn a leaf. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Tasha will have an entire conversation with you via text. Yes, I don't even need to use words anymore. <laughs> she really doesn't. Because why? She I mean, And if just... I had gifts right now, like if it was a visual, I would be just spitting those out. Fast. Wow. And I love when I find a new one. I'm just like, oh yeah, definitely using that one. Yeah, but then sometimes you keep the throwbacks and I'd be like, I do. Oh, it's kind of like my Kanye picture. Oh my God. That yes. one's always coming yes. My Kanye <laughs> face. Some form like, of Beyonce is coming across. Mm-hmm. Oh definitely. my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so then I love the little baby that throws her head back and laughs. <laughs> yes, you yes, do. Yes, you do. <laughs> that is like your LOL. It's it definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially if I make my own joke, I'm like, no, that was funny. Okay. See. Well, anyway, this I'm very week, mindful of it. Here's what I'm mindful of. Are we gonna cry? I feel like we about to cry. No. I know. Okay. Like the no. Voice did that. I'm right. all cry now. I was like, no. no. Where's the glass? No. Right. Already. I'm all cry now. <laughs> this week, um, you guys already know from the last shift. If you listened, it was my last day at the hospital where I started my career, and like they showered your girl with some cash. Okay. I was like, oh. Okay, they peeled it off for me, so I am mindful of this Manny and Petty yes. that I went to get with the, mm-hmm. the cash gift, the monetary love that was the shown love. to me. Yes. yes, so yes. and these two were a part of that, so thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate you. Yes, I do. Yeah. So we're gonna skip over our inbox report because we was dry this week. All right. Yeah. So I don't know what's wrong with y'all and where all y'all questions and comments and such went. But go ahead and hit our inbox up if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at getsedated705 at gmail.com. Also, you can find us at getsedated705 on Facebook and Twitter and conscious underscore sedation on Instagram. All right. All right. All right. So now we're going to go ahead and get started into our topic this week. And there is this big, huge debate over the last, I don't know, less than five years, I would say maybe three years or so about vaccines and whether or not people want to do them and all the changes that have come about in the vaccination industry. So just a few things that I had looked up in the 1950s, the only vaccines that were required were smallpox diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, and polio. And that was it. And so now um, we are being vaccinated against 16 illnesses. And this isn't just 16 shots. This is 16 illnesses over multiple doses for most of these things. And some are optional, but some are required for your children to go to school or for you to travel outside the country or for you to go to school or be a healthcare provider or whatever. So 
that's a big, big talking point about vaccinations and also that vaccines are not required to go through like the rigorous testing through the FDA. And so people are upset that medications and things like that have to go through more tests than vaccines and they're kind of put through a lighter version of an approval. And so it's... That's something I didn't know. Yes. Now, does that vary on like the branding of the vaccine? Like Like I know some... I know some pharmaceuticals put out some, and then it's put out by, like, different oh yeah, different people. Like, I know the flu vaccine, for example, if you look at the, like, manufacturers, yeah. different people. So I wonder if that has to... Yeah, I that I don't know at all. Because I don't know if it's the same formula each time. I know that they yeah. have different versions of the flu vaccine, A, because they're coming out with different versions or strains of the vaccine each year. But you also have the preservative free yes that mm-hmm. people can get and supposedly the preservatives or what have you or what cause people to be sicker if they get the vaccine which makes sense and then people for egg allergies i think there might be a, a different one for them also so yeah that is a big point of contention between that and how much revenue they make so in 2016 the vaccination industry made 52 billion that is with a b like boy dollars and 52, so, that is 52. 52B, Bravo. Billion. Brazil. Mm-hmm. Brazil. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. $52 billion. Is that worldwide? Break it up, break or is that up. just in the United States? That I'm not sure. I didn't look at that part. Okay. That would be a good question to know, though. But mm-hmm. we know that a lot of the heavy hitters in the mid industry are right here in oh, the sure. U.S. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what do you guys think about just that, that little bit? Mm, it's pretty heavy. I mean, but I I feel like it's not surprising with a lot of medications and things. It makes them so much money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, when you mandate things, that makes you even more money. Mm-hmm. So it's like an easier, easier dollar if you know every year the countless number of healthcare workers you tell everybody that works for X company they have to get it. They know that's guaranteed money for the next mm-hmm. several <laughs> years until they change those regulations. So... That's unfortunate, but I'm not surprised. Now, see, specifically talking about the the flu shot, what bothers me about the flu shot is that a lot of times it's ineffective. Like a couple years ago, they predict, because what they do basically is they look at previous year strands of flu shot, what they saw most people have, and they predict which strand is going to be happening this spread. year possibly maybe right so mm-hmm. they basically reach out the air like Rafiki shake it up put it in a bowl and then mm-hmm. say this is this year's flu shot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and so it's a big um guess right a scientific guess but a very very big guess and a lot of times they are wrong <laughs> okay a lot of times the strand that most people end up getting is not the strand that we were protected from. I'm doing air quotes here. Protected from with the flu shot. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what bothers me about it being mandatory. Is that it's not like this is a surefire way to protect me against getting the flu. Or protect the patients I serve from getting the flu from me or vice versa whatever. This is just a guess. It's a guesstimate about what might happen, possibly could happen. Right. And we know that it's a million strands of influenza. Million strands. But this might be the one. They only use or the top three. Or a new one three. might come out next year. They use A, B, and C. They only use the top three. They don't use all the other little smaller strands. Right. 
And it's like you know that they know that there's mutations. Like, of course. The more we vaccinate, it, the more it's going to mutate. Exactly. So of they course. know whatever they pick from last year is going to be stronger this year. It's interesting to me that I would venture to say 80 to 90% of healthcare workers disagree with getting the flu vaccine. Like, I would say 80 to 90% yeah, of so us disagree. Why do you think it is that we won't all just band together and refuse? Because it's like with anything else, like with the staffing situations or whatever, whatever. It's like we know we should like stand together and say it should be illegal for nurses to be overstaffed and or excuse me, not overstaffed, understaffed and underpaid. And everyone talks of going on strikes and whatever, whatever. But it's it's like with any other, I guess, movement that needs to happen. You just can't get everybody on the same page. That's why I feel they like... They threaten our jobs. Mm-hmm. They threaten our livelihood. And so if you... A lot of nurses are... If they're not the sole provider for their family, they may be the breadwinner in terms of making the most money for their family. And so you think about taking away somebody's livelihood or threatening that, mm-hmm. people are afraid to stand up and say, well, I want it. And we don't... None of us want it on this floor or on this, in this hospital. Mm-hmm. It's, and that's where the... And they know that. Mm-hmm. And that's why they threaten us with that, with a loss of employment. Because you won't get the flu shot. Right. I think people are fearful, too. And, like, in a case with strikes and things like that, I think a lot of nurses will use the reason that they won't walk out on their patients because they don't want to abandon the patients. Okay. In this, it's like you don't even have that risk, really. It's this perceived threat. I'm like, they can't fire us all. So if we all say we're not taking it, then I don't understand what the issue is. And I was, you know, I don't know if this is fact rumor. Sometimes there's so much stuff out there. It's everything is kind of milled together and you have no idea what's real. But any government assistance or any kind of facility that receives government aid via Medicaid or Medicare, they are expected to have their staff at 90 percent vaccination for a reimbursement. And so if they are less than that, then it messes with their money, which is why I think is a big, big motivator like everything else in this world, in our country, as far as, you know, people having to get the flu vaccine, knowing that it's ineffective. And I think I have a problem with that as far as the government not paying attention to science when it comes to these sorts of things and exposing us. I just have this picture of this late night commercial that's like, if you are a nurse and you were made to get the vaccine right. between, between this year and that year, yeah. <laughs> please yeah, call us. You've been exposed to whatever or you have a higher risk of whatever mm-hmm. it is. We have no idea what they are forcing us to mm-hmm. get in our bodies. Nope. And I am like, I'm not anti-vaccine. I am pro-vaccine where it's relevant. And I think that when the government is involved, the relevance to a person's lifestyle and the necessity of it and the utility of it um, is directly compromised when money is involved. And that's my issue. Because I'm like, I live alone. I'm a single woman. Where am I picking up the flu? Outside at the hospital where somebody done brought it in to me. And I should be in charge of protecting myself. I can see the flu vaccine being recommended, but I cannot see it being a mandatory, you know, part for me to maintain employment. It just seems wrong, illegal. It seems Mm -hmm. like it should be illegal for you to make me do anything with as far as it pertains to my health care. 
mm-hmm. to keep a job. That's crazy. Right. You don't make people stop smoking. Stop drinking. You don't make people. Yeah, you don't. We work with babies and we're not mandated to get the TDAP, which I think is like more dangerous. Pertussis supposedly Absolutely. has been shown to be more dangerous for babies, infants, deadly and all of that. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get TDAP. Well, that's because not a dollar amount attached, attached to it. To it. Yeah, and so I think when it comes to vaccines, I'm not anti, but when it comes to, like, the greater purpose of it, if you want to say that this is for the greater good or this is for community health reasons, then you're lying. Because if it was, then maybe y'all would have clean water in Flint. Listen, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, if you want to talk about a community health issue exactly. or whatever, but I bet they still require vaccines in Flint, but their water's not clean. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, which one is it? Do you really care about the greater good and the community, or do you care about making money? It's some greater good. <laughs> it's not all greater good. It's some. Right. And I think <laughs> that's, that's where the lines get blurred, though, because, like, you were talking about polio. It's pretty much eradicated. Ain't nobody had polio in a long time, or at least died from it if they mm-hmm. got it. They didn't die from it. Um, and so that is a, a noble, a good vaccine, right? It's been inoculated or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But now I think if other things have been inoculated and gone or whatever, can't we drop those off the schedule? You know what I'm saying? It's like there's no reevaluation. Well, so I think there I think that with this influx of families wanting to not vaccinate, not vaccinate we have seen that there's certain things like measles, for example. We back. really haven't seen measles for a very long time until recently where these kids who are now five, right? Because I feel like we've been, like you said, about five years mm-hmm. is when people mm-hmm. have really started to push back against vaccines. Now we're starting to see these kindergartners going to school with measles because their parents did not vaccinate them. And so it, it, that go, I think this forces us to reevaluate mm-hmm. and say that, yes, yeah, some of these things, they, they appear to be inoculated. But, you know, certain things that are airborne, they may be in the air all the time, but we are all vaccinated and protected against it. And so we're, you know, we're not we're not getting the disease. But these new kids who are (laughs) running out here bare blank canvases with no immunity there. They are. They're showing up with it with, you know, there was a a huge breakout in like California, Arizona, on the Mm -hmm, West Coast. mm -hmm. Tons of kids who were having measles. So and even though measles is not one of those that are typically deadly in children. It can be in infants, you know, um, but not in children. But still, it's a nasty, hard-to-manage disease, Mm -hmm. virus. Yeah. I think, too, that was something else that I ran into, like, during my research. It was, say, basically it was balancing the cost versus the benefit of these vaccines. So a vaccine will cost X amount of dollars. And then um, if this person contracted this disease down the line, the hospital, say, will cost this much. And so that's how they kind of justified it. Um, parts of me still, I'm just like, mm, okay, you know, where are you coming into contact with these sort of things? And not that it's not possible, but I've always believed or thought at some point, like say, for instance, chickenpox, you know, I knew kids that got multiple times bouts of chickenpox mm-hmm. or what have you, but I got it one time. I'm done. Supposedly. <laughs> That's what they say, you know, unless it comes back in the adult form as shingles mm-hmm. and I hope not. Isn't our own immunity greater or better than the vaccine? Like if you were to encounter it without having the vaccine? You mean getting the disease and then forming immunity based on having the disease? Yeah. I think, you know, you have to think about the, if the risk outweighs the benefit. So some of these disease processes, you know, can take you out 
you know, or make you really, really, really sick or um, start shutting down some of your organs. Some of them can be really nasty. And so I think you got to think about if the, the benefit outweighs the, outweighs the risk. I think... Um, because people, the, the thought was with the vac, with the chickenpox vaccine in particular was that if we didn't get chickenpox, then we would not then later down the line get shingles. Now we're learning that that's not true. Mm-hmm. That just having the chickenpox, even the vaccine, you know, they say, the, I think the study is like 60% of adults will still get shingles mm-hmm. regardless of whether you had it active and built active immunity or whether you got the vaccine and built passive immunity. I don't think it matters. So that's my point then. Why not? Why are we still doing the chicken pox vaccine? The chicken pox vaccine is very new, less than 10 years old. So I think that they haven't, they haven't had a chance to really see the effectiveness of it. Cause I got, I'm, it's like less than 10. No, it might be older than 10 years, maybe like 13 years old, 14, maybe it's not very old when you think, look at other vaccines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that I'm only speaking specifically about that one <laughs> because I think it's, I honestly thought the chicken pox vaccine was kind of silly mm-hmm. because chicken pox, although it's annoying, You're chicken pox parties, it's annoying, but it's not that deep. You know what I mean? Like the, it's not that deep. <laughs> Unless you're pregnant, right, or yeah, a baby, yeah. then it can be super deep. Yeah. But for kids, when you five, six, seven, ten, you get chicken pox. It's itchy. It's annoying. Yeah, chicken pox parts. Oh, she got the chicken pox. Go hug your hug, go hug your cousin so we can all mm-hmm. have it together, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but just get this out the way. I think because it's that vaccine is so new. I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that vaccine leave. Like by the time the next ten years, twenty years, I wouldn't be surprised if that one is gone because it doesn't prevent shingles, and shingles is like. 10 times worse than, right. exactly. than chicken pops. Yeah, exactly. But you get it either way. So I think we'll see that one leave. I'm not too, I'm not convinced. Like, I just, yeah, I believe that they will continue to vaccinate and find a reason well, as to why it's still on the schedule. I think it, the only way I could see it staying was if they then did more quote research. Yeah, or it's always going to be of, more research. Though. Well, or like, <laughs> more modifications to the vaccine to then somehow make it so that it helped prevent shingles then I could see it staying around but I wonder how do you get that that research pool you know what I'm saying like do you then reach into those patients who get shingles who have the chicken pox vaccine what if they're not willing you know what I'm saying it's just all these variables kind of rolling around in my head research is tricky because they could do it they could do like a cohort study where they get the kids they give them this special vaccine and then follow them throughout their lives mm-hmm. and see if they did develop shingles now that takes a long time mm-hmm. if you give a shot to a little one and they Decades. gotta follow them yeah. 30 40 years yeah. to see what happens or like you said they could start with the people that have shingles and then kind of walk backwards that way mm-hmm. retrospective and see um what risk factors and other things occurred that made them maybe get it more than someone else. Mm-hmm. I even feel like with shingles, I feel like we're seeing more shingles than we used to like mm-hmm. before, which is interesting to me because I think it's, it is completely reflective of the fact that our immunity is crap period because you would think that we would get shingles and I mean, chicken pox. And even though chicken pox is in the herpes family and so it lives in the, 
ganglia and your nerves and so it it, it goes away we're able to put it away yeah but it can, it can reactivate but for most people older people they didn't it never reactivated they got shing, they got chicken pox that was the end of it for them even though that virus lived in their nerves you know it, it never came back as shingles but now I feel like shingles is so common it's super common mm-hmm. and it's like get, people that are young yes even like, people who are not yeah because it used to be something like what 55 and over you could yeah. expect mm-hmm. it but yeah, now you can totally get you it when you're less younger. Than 30. Yes. But I also too wonder if that has to do with things like within our environment and other types of disease processes that we're exposed to a lot more frequently. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that wake ah, it up. Yeah. And shingles is shaking down. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shingles, shingles, is, shingles is shook. Hashtag. <laughs> the shingles is shook. Okay. <laughs> Shingles is shaking down. Hey. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, but I mean, really, I like, it's just yeah. like. Shingles is out here, like Ryan was. Saying. <laughs> it's out here. Yes. Well, yeah, I would hate to get it, but I mean, I've seen like lots of people younger than thirty are getting it. And, mm-hmm. But I think that's the problem with the whole vaccination industry because I was again doing some research, if that's what you <laughs> want to call it. I was looking up some sh- on the internet. Okay, do it. But like, there was a story where there was an adverse reaction in three children. Two or three children in Mexico died from this specific vaccine. They held it. You know what I'm saying? And so instead of them saying, nope, nope, we believe it's still going to be beneficial for everybody, yada, 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 the life lost and the children that were effective, it was like total 29 children who were hospitalized and two or three of them died, was enough for them like throughout that country to be like, you know what, let's just go ahead and pause and hold on this. And so I think that's what the U.S. vaccination market lacks, Mm -hmm. the ability to say, you know what? This flu vaccine is BS. It ain't working. That was just right. added to the leaflet. Mm-hmm. Two, exactly. two kids died. <laughs> right. At the very bottom in very small print. Right. Yes. Right. And you think, yes. like, trying to explain to those two, those two children's families that this is still serving the greater good. You know what I'm saying? I think... I think that's the problem that I have. And so that's where I can find myself being supportive of. I I am not completely. I'm with you, Tasha, when you say you're not anti-vaccine, but I can totally get down with the delayed schedule. Yes, me too. I can totally get down with the delayed schedule to let your baby, especially if you're a breastfeeding mom, because the baby's going to receive lots and lots of passive immunity. There are tons of antibodies in breast milk that pass down to the baby, and so I can definitely get down with a delayed schedule Mm -hmm. to kind of wait. I think a lot of things we do, you know, babies start getting their first vaccines. Well, they get the hep B at at birth, birth. and then they get their first vaccines after that at two months old. Mm -hmm. That's really, really young to be pumping them with stuff. Yeah, they get about four at two Mm -hmm. months. Yes, they do. And some of those, I say they get four injections, but some of those injections are combination vaccines. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's a lot to pump in them at such a young age. So, I can get down with the delay schedule. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely, again, pro-vaccine where it's relevant and where it makes sense because I have a brain <laughs> and I can think for myself. And for me, it's it's a foregone conclusion. Like, I've already gotten whatever vaccines I was going to get. Um, the flu vaccine, I have to get that to keep my job. Or I can sign this form that will allow me... Um, an exclusion or whatever, but I have to wear a mask when I enter my patient's room and things like that. So 
basically during the flu season you're punishing me or marking me mm-hmm. shaming me for Smart not letter. exactly mm-hmm. I'm wearing a red A yep. because I fought against the system mm-hmm. you know um, but yeah where it's relevant sure no one wants their kid to be sick mm-hmm. but I think that our kids get so many so young it's not even funny mm-hmm. And I think, so then, going along with that, when you say about work and how you have the exclusion if you choose to or if you fall in certain categories to get, you know, to receive the exclusion from the flu vaccine, um, so so remains true for children going to school. Mm-hmm. So schools mandate vaccines. And so if you choose not to vaccinate your children, there are lots of hoops you have to jump through to the mm-hmm. point where sometimes they won't enroll your children in school. Mm-hmm. And so you have that battle as a parent to think about that, you know, yeah. if you're homeschooling and you know that out the gate, that's one thing. But if you, you know, that's not everybody's story. That's not most people's story. Yeah, most people have to put their kids in school, in public school or private or whatever, where they mandate vaccinations. Yeah. And, you know, to the point where they don't let you start school. If you're, you haven't gotten your shot records updated, they send you notices when you're due for things, you know, and they will put you out. <laughs> yeah. And then I think, too, a lot of the exclusions come after there's already been more harm done by the vaccine itself than just saying no. So if your kid has an allergy and you don't know until after the fact or you have some crazy reaction to it or it's like, damn, you know, this vaccine was supposed to be saving me from a hospital stay. And I know a nurse who got the Tdot vaccine left work, was hospitalized, and never came back to work as a result of her complications from Tdap, which is tetanus, diphtheria, and acellular pertussis. Mm -hmm. It's like, why do we have to trial and error with our actual bodies? We have one life to live. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get throwing all these things at an infant, a newborn. Like you said, especially if they are breastfeeding and you have a mom who is vaccinated. Me and my grown self... My immune system is already developed. Yes, very know. developed. <laughs> right. So most of the time, whatever I encounter, I can fight off or have the ability to overcome or can be treated or what have mm-hmm. you. But when you're talking about children, it's just a whole different ballgame mm-hmm. for me. I think, you know, like you were saying, if you are immunocompromised or if you have some other comorbidities, you know, where you are, your immune system is weak or weakened, then yeah, I think they're appropriate. But for most adults, man, listen, even if I get the flu, it's not going to take me out of here. It's not going to take me out. No. Be down a couple days, and maybe I'm a week. smart enough not to go to work around people who are immunocompromised or ill or whatever and not expose them to my illness. My illness, yeah. yeah. Now, some people, because you know there's always that person that yes. come on the floor and hacking and spitting and throwing up in the bathroom and coming back out, so... <laughs> throwing I, up in the bathroom? <laughs> you know they out there. Like, I don't see how people do that. I'm just like, stay home, but... So, I mean, I get it from the hospital standpoint because they know there's people that should stay home and don't. They say that's where you uh, are a charge nurse or a shift. That's where they should yeah, enforce those types of things. Home. Like, you've got to go home. Yes, you go Instead home. Instead of nasty. forcing a vaccine on people. You yeah. said, go home, nasty. <laughs> <laughs> You're hacking and sneezing all over the computer. Move. Yeah. Go home. That'd be nasty anyway. People don't wash their hands. Okay. They done swabbed all of this. Exactly. You've seen it during annual ed. Yes. They swab all the, the mouse and the mm-hmm. keyboard from certain mm-hmm. units. Fine. The stethoscope. Yes. They done found everything. People's phones. I know. And it done grew everything. I know. It done grew yeah. stuff people vaccinated against. <laughs> your, your keyboard got polio. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how. 
Keyboard. Keyboard. How'd I have? Keyboard got measles, mumps, and rubella. You know what I'm saying? MMR ass keyboard. <laughs> right. Right. Okay, so here's something that I learned when I worked in a peds clinic, which I didn't know before. So, when it comes to vaccines, there is a private insurance lot or batch of vaccines. Oh, yeah. And there is a Medicaid batch of vaccines. And so, when patients came in with Medicaid, they, were med- you know, they had Medicaid as their primary insurance, you had to give them, they call it a VFC. Was that the generic? No. It's just a what? special lot of vaccines. Same manufacturer. It's not generic. They look the, exactly the same. But there is a VFC batch and you cannot give VFC to private pay or private insurance and you cannot give the, vice versa. Mm. And so that made me start thinking a whole lot about government and about vaccines and about why. Why, did you why can people who qualify for Medicaid, who we all know are low-income mm-hmm. populations, a lot of times they are people of color, mm-hmm. why can these patients, why are they getting this special, I'm doing air quotes here, y'all, special VFC vaccines? What's special in here is what I was yeah. thinking that right. you are about to bathe their brain with, bathe their nerve cells with, bathe, what are you, what are you putting in there that's different than what private insurance clients or patients can receive. So what do y'all think about that? It's fucked up. <laughs> Bottom line. <laughs> this is my professional opinion. Excuse me. <laughs> professional hat. I think that's very uh, inappropriate. <laughs> Way to recover, Tiff. Yeah, I do what I can. I do what I can. Way to recover. Hey. I think that's fucked up. Okay, professional hat now. Cool. Inappropriate. Yeah. But because I, it just goes back to all the fears that people have that mm-hmm. if you don't have money or, you know, you have a certain skin tone that the government will screw you over. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there is an example of why these things mm-hmm. are happening. When you look at then why like a certain population after receiving a certain vaccine has a certain reaction. disease process or reaction, then it's like, oh then maybe that's why it's not in another population. So it yeah, makes me angry. I, yeah, I can't help but see where the conspiracy theorists come in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I would initially I would think, okay, maybe the insurance company bought theirs and maybe Medicaid or the government bought theirs. But still and why so it's like the same one. No, she said that's the same packaging. Right, it comes well. They it's it's the same. It can be the same brand, but the lot numbers are different. Okay, which is fine because expiration dates are different. But it can be the same brand, different lot numbers. Okay, Mm -hmm. if it's the same brand, I feel like that would be like all right, Ryan. I'm gonna send my baby to school with your baby, and on the list is required um, the hand sanitizer and the markers. These are for Tasha's kids, and then those are for Ryan's kids. So I could see it being that but I'm always leery you know because we know of the things that the government is capable of we've seen they have the, shown us time and time yeah again. Tuskegee Airmen <laughs> syphilis um smallpox blankets and things like that and so as it pertains to people of color we definitely have to remain on the defensive and that was another thing that I was going to bring up There's not been enough research, I think, when you're studying animals or testing, when they're testing animals, they use albino animals. 
most of the time. And so it's hard to know, like, how is this drug, this vaccine, this whatever going to react with my melanin? Mm -hmm. Because it is a molecule in my body. It is a chemical in my body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things have been known to play on melanin a whole lot stronger. Like one of the things they say, if a melanated person uses any kind of narcotic, it binds to that melanin and our reaction is stronger. So, you know, black people get higher Mm -hmm. if they do crack. It makes sense physiologically. I was like, with the melanin and just the different ways that our bodies process things. I was like, that makes, it makes total sense. Um, But it's another one of those things where it's like, that's why I would like, I would love to do research because I would love to be a brown person Mm -hmm. that is picking the research and what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like a lot of times it comes from um, Caucasian people that are picking and choosing what is important to be tested Mm -hmm. and what groups we need to look at and for what. But I feel like there's not a lot of research generated to us unless it pertains to stuff that makes people more money i was about to say unless it pertains to a bottom dollar like you know we could take fancy beauty how suddenly all these other beauty companies are interested in bringing out colors that match black people well because it's because rihanna made 74 billion dollars with a b again exactly in a month yeah Mm -hmm. because we do buy stuff (laughs) because we have the largest buying dollar in the in the country countries yeah so on the map I, i think Physiologically, I'm with you, Tiffany. It does make sense. And I, I'm, this makes me want to, what you just said, Tasha, makes me want to have the pharmaceutical companies put on a leaflet who the test subjects were. Yeah. How many percent was of color? How many percent, you know, were Asian? How many percent? Because it does matter. Yeah. And the age groups It matter. does matter. Right. And the age groups matter. And the comorbidities like matter. To yeah, little kids to ninety nine years old, and you yeah. telling me you tested it on thirty five year olds. And even if you do <laughs> the research reports, like even if you get journals, medical journals, or you know nursing journals or whatever, even in the journal article, they don't break it down that way to that finite of you know uh, of subjects. So it's they just give you the number, this many people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and this percent, but they don't break it down because that may make all the difference in See, whether or not research because they should. They should. They, they should. should. It should be in a table, and they should. Then that have. means all research is bad. Right. A lot of it is. A lot which of I am finding it, out. It matters who's funding it. That is the biggest part. Is yeah. who is paying for the research. That's the yeah. first thing you should look at when you were talking about research. Is who dollar. funded it? Who funded it? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in um, research where they do demographic studies, I find a lot of times it'll say. Um, the research pool for this demographic wasn't large enough for us to have like a real legit Which is a number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that means you didn't ask enough people. Mm-hmm. Although that I can see that being true again in the black community because we skeptical. Because we leery. We're skeptical about stuff that's approved, let alone some trial stuff. Like what? You want me? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Right. Pay me. We're doing the matrix. I'm a, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right. Wait. Wait. Yeah. We're leaning back because they've mm-hmm. done us wrong so yeah. often. You know. A lot of the syphilis stuff was supposed to be trial-type things. Birth control? Birth control. I mean, anything you name, it was pretty much tried on us first and to our demise, but it's never for us specifically. But, I mean, the, the syphilis thing, they knew they were going oh, into yeah. a trial. They were thinking that they were doing something helpful. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. 
So they entered it willingly. And then once they entered, they couldn't get out, even after there was a cure. And not only could they not get out, they gave it to their wives, to, of course. to their children, yeah. to their children's uh-huh. spouses, you know, whoever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And this was done, like, on purpose. Absolutely on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I was going to bring up, we didn't really talk too much about it, but I know we talked about when you're a little... And then kind of when you're growing up. But we didn't really talk about, like, the HPV vaccine, mm-hmm. which I feel like is pretty controversial. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. of the age group when they start to give it, first mm-hmm. of all. And then what it actually covers. I know the cute little commercials come on now where the kid's looking all pitiful and, oh, I wish my parents would have given me this vaccine. Okay, they don't say that on the commercial. I wish my mom would <laughs> I can't, I, I don't know what I, I wish was I would have gotten a shot. <laughs> right, yes. The devil is a lie. I wish I would have gotten an HPV vaccine. I wish my It only covers four get... strands, right? Correct. I don't know how many. There are 30 strands of HPV. I don't even know how many there are. I, think... I feel like it's in counting yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like they're finding new strands and strains. But I remember it was particularly controversial when they started to give it. I think I was maybe 16. Mm-hmm. I remember your mother talking yeah, about it. Yeah, my mom went to town. But <laughs> she went off on the pediatrician. Like, Which, granted, we were like virgins and all that stuff. But still, I do get their point. They were just, you know, doing their due diligence to the offer it, whatever. Um, but my only concern is, it's like with every everything else, like... I feel like it's too close to the flu vaccine. It's like, eh, we can protect you not maybe against mm-hmm. these, but not against these, but go ahead and take this. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't really, and because it's so new, they haven't been able to study, like, how far out. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, if this is really helping people or if it's hurting people. Because mm-hmm. like we said, there's so much stuff that's more frequent now, and everybody's trying to figure out where all this is coming from. Like, if it's your diet or if it's the environment, it's your mm-hmm. cell phone, it's right. mm-hmm. <laughs> STDs now mm-hmm. or mutants. And so, I don't know. All that shiny chemical stuff that they put on the um, food. Then oh, there's yeah. that. Because I was like, that's a thing. That was Stick something that in else, there. too. It sits in there. Tampons, right. yeah. yeah. With all yeah. the chemicals. In. But that was something else <laughs> that I had seen about the HPV vaccine that people have died. That there's been young girls who have died. And again, they're not like, screw. Y'all, just kidding. <laughs> this was not as good as we thought it would be. It needs to be researched more or whatever. No, they're still continuing on and asking people. Yeah, my daughter, they, like they, they even lowered the age oh. that they encourage you to get it. Little girls can get it as young as nine now. Wow. And so they're, they've lowered the age. And so, you know, I have a daughter who's a tween. And, of course, the pediatrician talks to me about it all of the time. And I am not sold. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on it. Yeah, because, I mean, you can get it. I didn't know they had lowered it to nine, but Mm -hmm. you can get it until, let's see, I'm 29, and they told me, I think, yeah, it kept, as I got older, they kept Mm -hmm. saying that the window kept expanding, that I could still Mm -hmm. get it, and I was like, how do you know? see, I think after you, after you have, so the thing, HPV, the thing about HPV is that all the different strands or strains of it or whatever, um, there are some that are not very dangerous, right? They're just Mm -hmm. kind of almost naturally occurring. They're normal when you're sexually active. And then, of course, there's the strand that can cause um, genital warts. Mm -hmm. And then there are several strands. I guess the other three can cause cervical cervical cancer. cancer. Mm -hmm. So those are the ones that we are protected against, air quotes here, in the vaccine. So, but I think once you're sexually active, was my understanding, once you're sexually active, then you can't get the vac- the HPV vaccine anymore. 
that was my that. understanding of the HPV vaccine That's because you so could have potentially been already exposed Mm. to one of the the strands of the HPV vaccine. I think that's the out for them, though, to be like, I don't know, you already, you already was sexually active. I don't know, was it the vaccine or was it right. whatever beforehand? Because they continued to offer it to me, let's see, I'm 29 this year, I think till I was 28. They kept really? saying that I could still get it in the three series, and I'm like, I've been having sex, I mean, what? <laughs> Right, and that's but what I thought. They kept saying that, that I could, could I was it. still able to get it, and I was like, that's weird, though. That like, is weird. So that's why I thought that, that was like the a, whole principle of them lowering the age so that they could catch girls right. younger before they became sexually active. Because when it first came out, it was like 13, 14, 15 mm-hmm. yes. ish was the range mm-hmm. they were pushing for it. But now I, I know they offer it to the boys now, too. Yes. yes and they I was do. like, you like they don't have a cervix, but I mean I get it, I get it. Because <laughs> they, they, they try to say that, right? I, I get it. that point of it, but you know that's the whole biggest selling point for girls. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> so just keep thinking of reasons why everybody's a candidate. You just go right ahead. You know that's how I feel. It it almost feels like, you know, whatever your um, objection is to it, we have a reason as to why you would right. still benefit. Yeah. How? I don't, I don't get it. Because it's so new, they need to make money. What about the HIV vaccine? Exactly. Exactly. Look, no thanks. Yeah. It's right. a hard no for me. Mm-hmm. Herpes too. Right. You don't mm-hmm. have no vaccine all mm-hmm. these years? All that money. Uh, there was talk about <laughs> an HIV vaccine for real. Of course. Yeah, yeah, there still is talk. There still is so talk. much money off them drugs. Come on. Right. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then they got to be on multiple. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just the, the the dying process is is expensive. You know, them needing all the care they need, yeah. and as they die, it's very expensive to have HIV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then um, we can talk a little bit about herd immunity and what that means. I hate um, that term. Why herd immunity? It just sounds Cows. very animalistic. Yeah. We're animals. We're mammals. We're okay. not animals. Not Some animals. people are. It's We're a whole lot of animals <laughs> walking around this month. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll take mammal mm-hmm. all day, but sure, same difference. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but except it's not same but. difference. So <laughs> no. herd immunity is basically if everybody is immunized in this okay. specific community or group then the people who don't qualify will also be protected. So it's kind of like, a, I guess, Ryan, what we would call secondary immunity, where you get your immunity from somebody else. And so I can appreciate herd immunity to a certain extent. Again, I think it's something that needs to be looked at on a case-by-case basis. So if you have somebody who is a non-converter, meaning they've had all of these vaccines or whatever, and they just won't gain immunity in their body, then why are you requiring them to still get it? Trust that the herd is going to protect them and let them go on about their business. You mean like Hep B. Right, yeah. Like some Hep people B have had the series and they go get a titer to test mm-hmm. their levels in their blood and they're still not immune. Mm-hmm. But they make them get the, the series again. Yeah. Or a booster or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess my only problem with it would be, I guess you can't always control the herd. Um, like, I guess unless you lived within a very tight-knit community, you would always encounter, I guess, somebody outside of that heard quote um so i guess that would be where you would be introduced to things outside of the herd but i guess in an ideal world it could work mm-hmm. like if you lived within a i don't know commune i think that's how they sell it though a lot of times so like um i've seen pamphlets about tdap 
at work. So I'm in labor and delivery and basically an infant is too young to get Tdap is a live vaccine and we'll take them out. And so what we do is encourage the mom to have Tdap during her pregnancy because the immunity passes through the placenta into baby somehow um, and also crosses the milk barrier. So the baby will gain immunity or some kind of passive immunity that way. But we also talk to the family about getting Tdap. And so it's kind of a like, all right, well, the theory is if all of y'all got vaccinated, then the baby won't get sick. You'll keep the baby well. Do people usually do that? Um, some like, do. Get yeah. everybody on board. I don't know about getting everybody. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really it's just mom. Okay. Yeah. I was okay. gonna say I don't know mom. about getting everybody on board, but I have had moms and even some dads. It's rare, but I've had some dads be like, "Oh, you know, what was that vaccine? Okay, you think I should get that or what have you?" And I, I think that that's a better way to go about vaccinations when you're talking about an infant, the little bitties. Yeah, because sense. again, you know, my body is already developed, and whatever happens with me, cool. I'm cool. I can handle it. I know that I don't have any cognitive dysfunction right now. And if I did, it would be very easy to pick that out. Whereas with babies, they can't say, hey, that vaccine you gave me also gave me autism. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. <laughs> closing thoughts. <laughs> thoughts. Thoughts. Any, thoughts. Any closing thoughts? No. No, I don't have any closing thoughts. Um, I, I, well, closing thought. This nursing is my nursing note. Yeah. Don't allow fear to make your decisions for you. Don't allow um, Big Pharma to make your decisions for you. Don't even allow your child's pediatrician to make your decisions for you. As a parent, as a person, you are in charge of yourself. You are in charge of your baby um, and your children. And so you can tap into your instincts, your intuition, feel your own vibes. You know what's right. And so trust yourself. Um, and, and trust yourself that you're going to make the right choice for what's best for you and your family. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. Um, it would go kind of along the lines of that, but my biggest thing would be to do do some reading and do some research kind of on your own. Um, there's plenty of like websites and things like that that you can go to, books and things like that that you can read to help you kind of make the decision for yourself. I mean, it's your kids, it's your you your own body. Um like for younger listeners that are going to college, things like that, like read up on the stuff that they're offering to you at the appointments. I was like you might be outside of the age group where your parents aren't there to make the decisions anymore. So you got to take responsibility mm -hmm. for yourself and figure out what's safest for you and what makes sense to you. And, I don't know, librarians are awesome. They can pull up stuff from back in the day. You can read old stuff. You can read new stuff. And so um, is Google, which they yeah, don't just anyway. Caution yeah. right here. Credible sources. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, I was like, that's my biggest thing. Yes. I was like, even how we talked about with studies. Yeah. Be mindful of, it's all, it all should be on there. Who funded the research what population they looked at, that should be included. They should say we had 90% Caucasians and 10% black people and 2% two, mm -hmm. <laughs> two like, other. Right, or whatever mm -hmm. to make 100. I don't think that math was right there. <laughs> but <laughs> That's okay, we get the point. Yeah, just look at things and don't always believe what you see on your timeline, Jesus. Oh my gosh. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook would tell you that everybody's dying from the flu shot this year or, you know, whatever, whatever. So credible sources, credible sources is my biggest 
Yes. My biggest nurse is no G's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty much on board with you guys. I feel the same way. Use your own personal judgment and do some research um, of your own. But I would say the biggest thing that you can do, and a lot of times people look to us as care providers and are like, well, what do you think? What do you think? And these are the times where it's most important when your most precious um person in this world part of yourself is in your hands or in your lap and you're wondering seriously what is the best move to make this is where it's super important for you to choose caregivers that you trust yes who is going to give you the real based on what they believe what they will do for their family or what have you and that to me will go a long way as you start to build a relationship with your caregivers. So be it your pediatrician or your family practice doc or whoever it may be, mm-hmm. because there's going to be information research that you don't always have credible or not. And it is important for you to be able to look to those caregivers and for them to be able to give you good information so that you can make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. So that's my nurse's note. Yep. And don't forget all the other parts of healthcare too. Like, don't forget the alternative pieces and don't forget to tap into all that you have. It's mm-hmm. not all or nothing. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not one way or the highway. You have a myriad of things you can tap into to make the decision. Yeah. And you can always call these big agencies. You can call the CDC. You can call the people who do the vaccines. You can call people if you really need to talk to a person and be like, all right, so what's the research on this? Or what's yes. the information on this? You can get that information. You um, A lot of times we'll have to go a, a separate step or an extra mile to do it. But like I said, if it's you're considering, there. yeah, if you're considering the lack of your child and their well-being and health, it's worth it. Yep. I agree. Now it's time for what language lag. <laughs> Y'all, we recording at night. It's been a long <laughs> time since we recorded at night. We got That's two for true. y'all this week. That's true. Mm-hmm. We haven't recorded at night true. in a long time. No, we got two for y'all this week, though. So, okay. the first one. <laughs> This is something that I thought was, like, correct for a really, really, really long time, and it wasn't. It's lockjaw. Okay? Lockjaw. Like, yeah, like when your jaw locks up, I thought that was actually clenched. Like the name of the disease. You know what's so funny? Now that you make your face like that, I can remember. Tasha's locking her jaw (laughs) and talking through her teeth. I can remember when my mom explained to me what lockjaw was. And I was like, you mean you can't open your mouth? I was like, how do you eat? And she's like, you got to slurp. You don't. You got to, sl- you know, have a straw. You got to slurp all your food through a straw. I can remember her telling me that as a kid. That's so funny. That's too funny. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so it's not actually called lock jaw. Your jaw will lock up it in other parts of your body, If you don't too. have it treated, yeah. If you step on a rusty nail and get what's called tetanus, okay? Tetanus. <laughs> tetanus. Tetanus. Tetany is what happens to your muscles, meaning that they are so spastic Mm -hmm. and tight and all of that stuff. So, yeah, it's not called lockjaw, y'all. You may get lockjaw if you don't have tetanus Your jaw may definitely lock up on you. Okay. You don't get lockjaw. Lockjaw is not a disease process. (laughs) It's not a medical diagnosis. (laughs) No. Medicaid won't get you. Reverse right. for yeah, there's lock no lock code job. for that. Right. There's no code. They'd for be like, the ICD 10, they'd be like, lock <laughs> job. Huh. Wait, I'm sorry, something's not coming up. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing there. Right. Okay. What's our other one? Right. Now, listen, y'all. This is something that I thought was correct for a very long time. Okay. I'm not going to tell y'all how long, but it was a long time. <laughs> it's a long ass time. 
So, webs. Mmm. Webs. Webs. Like Jesus webs. Like Jesus I was like, Jesus what? Really? Like, you know how sometimes um, if you if something hits your leg or if you like break out in a rat, like a, <laughs> like a belt, yeah, like a, like a leather, like a white leather belt. Switch. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like a switch. Yeah. <laughs> you might get welts. W-E-L-T-S. Yes. And I thought my whole entire life that people were saying Weps, W E P S, and that's wrong mm. as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was nice. wrong as hell. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It's not. It's welts. If you get those lines, raised lines mm-hmm. on your legs or on mm-hmm. your face, this can happen after getting a medication as yeah. well. You can be. You can develop welts. Okay, okay on welts. your body. Say it together, y'all. Welts. All right. So yeah, yeah. Don't don't say these two things anymore. Okay. Yeah, we got two for y'all today. Who's mm-hmm. a twofer? <laughs> You're welcome. Hashtag. You're, You're welcome. welcome. You're Talking about drum roll, please. Ooh. <laughs> oh, is that spooky? Medical ghost <laughs> stories and all of these old wives' tales and things that y'all have heard. Things your great grandma been passing great, down great grandma, to the grandma, to the aunties, everybody. Big daddy it. done said, mm-hmm. if daddy. you do this, you should. Mm. Yeah. Not daddy. Not big daddy. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> These are two different things. She's talking about Papa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she was going to say. She's talking now. about Papa. <laughs> talking about Papa. <laughs> you know what? She ain't talking about Zeddy. Yeah, these are two different categories. Okay. But yeah, all of those things that Big Mama told you to do, like, you know, put yes. Windex on it. Or whatever, robotussing. Robotussing. All you need is a little tussing. Mm. Yeah, we're going to talk about all of those. Now, I will say putting some stank on it always works. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See? Okay, all right. Put a little stank on it. And we back. So, yeah, if you guys have anything that you heard of, like, oh, man, I shouldn't do this because whatever, send them to us. We welcome your input. Our email address is gettodate at 705 at gmail.com. Ooh, that was fast. Slow you it can, down. You can also Come hit on. us up at getsedated705 on Facebook and Twitter. And on Instagram, we are conscious underscore sedation. It's been real, y'all. Always real. Always a pleasure. <laughs> what? How much? Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>